Thursdays. This is the real. This is Mr. Hockey. This is the actual Mr. Hockey. I am the fake news Mr. Tim, Hockey. Tim Rosenthal uh, from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com joins us now. Bruins optional skate today, full skate. What, what's the what's the plan for the Bruins? It looks like a full skate there today. Uh, guys are just showing up, and uh, I would be uh, lucky enough if it is a full skate because if it's an optional skate, I'm missing media availability. But at the same time, I admit it would. I wouldn't. I would. Um, Rather miss it if um, I'm talking to you guys, so I don't care at all. <laughs> there we go. All right, that's good. That's good. Uh, yeah. Game game one, fantastic. Game two, turd fest. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. And um, is the NHL going to have competent officials this evening, or are we just going to get what we get tonight? I think what you see is what you get, and this is not just a Bruins Tampa Bay uh, problem. All eight teams are going to be facing the same kind of. A, Officiating, yes, maybe you'll have a well-officiated game once in a while. I'm not looking at a Game 7 2011 type officiated game where there were no penalties for 60 minutes and probably the best officiated game of all time. But rather call the obvious stuff if it's there. Don't call the ticky-tack flashes like you saw with Tory Krug in the first period and then Anton Strawman flash on Brad Marchand's uh, breakaway in Game 2 wasn't called. Rather that's a penalty. Uh, rewarding of a penalty shot or just a two-minute power play is anyone's guess, but at the same time, that, there should have been at least something called, especially at that moment of the game. 3-2, Bruins looking for the equalizer, and if it's a penalty in the third period, it's a penalty in the first, for sure. Tim, I, I, uh, I've been frustrating with the NFL in their replay system. I, I just don't think every scoring play, every whatever. I like the fact that let, let's not have any replay and and each coach gets I don't know say two two each, and if you wanna you wanna replay something go for it and you can replay anything. See I yeah. say that four minute penalty when the Bruins are trying to tie that thing back up when it wasn't past the next stick, if he could go and look at that and see what we saw there wouldn't be a penalty there. So now, if Coach Cassidy could have been so, able anyway. pardon. One would think so, anyway. Yeah. You never know. So if, if Cassidy could say, I'd like that reviewed because I don't think it was our guy, and uh, it would solve that. I, it seems to me that that's a decent solution. And in hockey, yeah, they yeah. don't have many timeouts. Just give them one, one a game each. Yeah, everyone has uh, one a game in terms of timeouts anyway. But uh, in terms of reviews, you can review goalie interference or offside, I believe, still, even though the league now looks at uh, goalie interference up in uh, New York. The refs don't review on a tablet. But um, you look at it this way uh, with the pastor that call. If uh, that um, has to be reviewed, then maybe every penalty has to be reviewed. That's probably going to be their logic if they, oh, I see. Review, yep. Yep. If they want to review those type of things. And um, quite frankly, it's a judgment call as well, like offside, for example. I don't think offside should be... Um, reviewed one way or another, especially if it doesn't have a direct impact on the play. I mean, how many times do we see uh, so many goals get overturned because the player was offside 30, 35, 40 seconds before the goal actually sure. was actually scored? So if you click yeah. it, we read one review, it's offside. Now, goalie interference, maybe you still keep that. I don't know. But there's got to be some sort of fine line that the NHL needs to look at in terms of uh, what's reviewable, what isn't reviewable. But I don't see that any anytime soon, unfortunately. Tim, any any lineup changes tonight? Anybody out? Somebody else in? 
Well, I think everyone is uh, healthy right now, but if there's one potential change uh, you could see in fluid Shinzawa from the athletic allude to this, uh, maybe you see Tommy Wingles go back on the fourth line. That line in particular hasn't been all too great in the first two games this series, but maybe Cassidy keeps them knowing that they have home ice and knowing that they can kind of feed off that energy. That's when the fourth line, I think, has really been good all year. And throughout the Toronto series, they're good as well, but I think they need uh, definitely need uh, some more out of their fourth line. And some of their other secondary guys as well. We looked at game two. Tampa got their where did they get their goals from? Not Stamkos and Kucherov, but their secondary guys. And I think the Bruins are going to need to have that, much like they did a little bit in Game 1 with Rick Nash scoring a couple goals and setting the tone there. Yeah, really, not only the fourth line, but the third line really hasn't done much uh, in, no. in Game 2 or actually in, in the series at all. No, and uh, one thing that um, they did okay in the first game, I thought, and the one switch that the Cassie did make and that game with swapping Sean Corrali and no and uh, Riley Nash uh, to uh, uh, your centers on third and fourth line. Yes, they might not have gone on a score sheet, I believe, but they're a little more impactful, and maybe you see that switch as well. It depends on the matchups that they'll be facing tonight, and the benefit of uh, the Bruins having home ice is still have last change. So, I do believe you will see the Berger online uh, go up against the uh, Stamkos line tonight, but. A lot remains to be seen. Maybe they try to even out the matchups, but I would go top line versus top line myself. Well, they've been successful uh, stopping them, that's for sure. I think I think I read that uh, yes, but, Stamkos uh, only had one shot. Of, yes, but um, that's Charlie and McAvoy. Now, uh, with Tampa having no mice, they put in uh, brain points, the uh, line, the second line there. They didn't have a good first game against that top line, but they really stepped it up in game two. But I don't think they'll have much of a benefit there of trying to match up against uh, the Berger online in Game 3. Maybe they can do the same against the Krejci line. That might be a tough matchup or a second-line matchup for them. But um, I do think you'll try. Kathy will do all he can to match up the uh, Berger online with the Stamkos line tonight with last change. I, I noticed that they, they talked to Charlie McAvoy, and he said uh, Game 2 was the first time he hadn't had his uh, knee brace on. And he said, I felt like 20 pounds lighter. And, and he looked at it. I thought that he moved a lot better. He skated the puck a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, if we could get him back to where he was before he got hurt, that would be fantastic. Yeah, and uh, you started to see a little bit of that in uh, game one where he was just uh, reduced to wearing um, tape, I believe. And I still think that's going to be that's the case, obviously. And still needs to cover that um, the injury up somehow, but he looked more like himself uh, game one and game two. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a, a, a screw up there on the second goal with uh, uh, him and uh, Tuka Rask there, the goal head goal, but um, but for the most part, he's been more like himself in the, at least in the first two games. But I think going back to game seven, you start to see, you start to see a little more uh, skating fluidity from him, a little more assertiveness in his decision-making, and this has been building for a few days, and I think that this is the McAvoy you saw more of last postseason and in the regular season than you saw during the first five or six games of the Maple Leaf series and even the last few games of the regular season there. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. 
Are we going to uh, this? Uh, you know, Wing told me that he really liked this matchup more so than the Toronto matchup, um, which in Game One looked like it was it was about right. Um, coming home tonight, Game Three um, it should be a, a, a pretty good crowd. I think the most important thing for this team to do is to get a goal early. I think if you fall down, they've done a lot of that this year, where they fall down one to nothing in the first minute, two minutes, three minutes, and it takes that crowd out of it a little bit like to see them get on top or at least get some big chances at first and hold Tampa off the board so it'll keep that crowd in it. I mean, we saw the Celtics the other night. I thought the Celtics yep. crowd probably helped the Celtics more than anybody the other night, so or as much as anybody the other night. So why not let this crowd work for you? That's why you're not going to have home, home ice advantage. You might as well take advantage of the home ice when you got it. Yeah, and the one area that they really need to improve on from the first two games is the uh, Possession. We saw Tampa, the Stamkos line. Um, um, they had their chances in game one, didn't finish, but uh, the lining in general had the better chances and uh, had more puck possession. Now, it, the 6-2 final wasn't necessarily indicative of the final score. I thought Tampa played all right in that game, but um, yeah, and you saw the shots on gold disparity in game one and game two. Bruins are really going to put traffic on Andre Vasilevsky. Now, the Lightning have a better defense than the Maple Leafs. That's the one area I think that's going to give the Bruins uh, some uh, trouble throughout the series. But uh, they do need to win the puck possession battle tonight if they want to um, take a 2-1 series lead. That much I can tell you. And I think that's going to be at the forefront of what Kathy uh, is telling these guys right now. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. What uh, did Ryan Donato get to get to learn anything from level nine? Like, what are some of the things that these guys from level nine can watch other than, boy, I wish I was playing right now? Like, is it, this is good experience for them still, even for their future and their development, right? Yes. And I think uh, just from watching the game up above, they can learn how much, how little space they have to work with come uh, playoff time. You can see plays developing up there, but. Um, if you're watching from down below, you get a better sense of the speed of the game. But up above, you can see how plays develop. And that's, I think, the one benefit from uh, watching up above. Now, uh, there might be a time, like we saw with Tyler Sagan, that uh, Denon gets back in the lineup. And that, um, and that would come if uh, anyone in the top six is injured. Now, if uh, they want to replace someone in the bottom six, like they are considering today, Tommy Wingles would be that ideal uh, player. But Donato, anyone injured or anyone slumping in the top six, I think uh, Cassidy might pull the trigger at some point. Talking with... They get to practice and see what the feel for playoffs is like getting ready. You know, that you you got to come determined and, and whatever the thing that, the, that they're focusing on for their game plan, they really... They can go up top and say, all right, did we follow this? We wanted to do this with their defense. We wanted to do that with the goalie. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that having that inside look is vital for a young kid. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one area that maybe some Burns fans were concerned with when Denon signed his contract was the fact that he wouldn't be able to report to Providence. Yes, maybe he would be able to get some game action during that first round series, but it's not the same as uh, coming up to the um, pro level during playoff time, getting to practice with the guys, uh, watching the game, hoping your number gets called eventually. And um, I think the know, and maybe next year, if uh, there's not a spot for him, maybe he starts in Providence. But I do think uh, 
for that matter, uh, he's better off uh, watching and learning here on Bubble 9 than he was uh, playing in Providence during the first round. Well, you never know. You know, Rick Nash is in a, this is, he's in the end of his contract. So mm-hmm. if they can't re-sign him, and, and I, you know, I certainly would think that that might be a problem. Uh, there yep. may be a spot there, for instance. So, And maybe Rylan Nash doesn't sign uh, his contract, and maybe you fly him in as your third-line center and give uh, the non-power play minutes. I know that's a discussion we've been talking about and um, we're still thinking about, but uh, for now I think that Donald's just in a good spot right now. Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com. I have, I have one NHL question, then I'll let you go. Why does the NHL insist on putting on two playoff games at the same time? You got me. Well, they've been a little spread out, but here's the problem. Your Winnipeg-Nashville series, Central Time, uh, I believe uh, uh, those series, uh, the next two, those next two games of the series start at uh, 9.30, which is 8.30 Central Time. I don't think that, and I think that's going to be a major problem. Now, next round, I think they all start at 8 or 9, uh, regardless, depending on the time zone. But, uh, yeah, it's perplexing how the NHL decides to put some 3 o'clock games um, right up against each other. Maybe they're trying to use both networks and get ratings. I don't know, but they're better off spreading out the times, especially in the first round. Yeah, I had to really look last night for when I realized, oh, CNBC, okay, I've got, you know, I got that, I got cable, I, I can come up with that. And that they were good games. Both those games last night were good games. Yeah, definitely, and um, you've seen the Caps uh, ahead 2-1, but uh, as we all know, will they um, find a way to choke again against the Penguins? And then uh, Jets Prider, that's the series destined to go 7, I think. So, yeah, exciting second-round matchups for sure, and I think um, you're going to see a couple of them go the distance. Any any concerns you have for the the lineup? Uh, You know, we talked before, I think you had felt that Krejci played a little better um, coming into this series uh, than than before. Uh, any anybody else that you're concerned about where what direction they're heading? Uh, not for the time being, no. But we're early in the series. I think we'll get better off at uh, which direction players are trending as um, right during the next two games here at home. And um, this is going to be a long series. I think. I don't think. Uh, even if the Bruins wind up winning two or the Lightning wind up winning two, I don't think this is going to end at five. So, um, yeah, I do think um, you'll get a better idea on where players are trending um, after games three and four. His name is Tim Rosenthal. He joins us from Bruins Daily each and every Wednesday. Tim, thank you very much. We'll look forward to the game tonight, and uh, hopefully hopefully everything going on up in Level 9 is, is a good time tonight. Yeah, hopefully so. And uh, thanks as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, my friend. Take care. That's Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, and BruinsDaily.com here on the B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR Radio Network on Sports Time Maine AM 780.